Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So uh, if I get to a bad point, I'm just going to say, forget that point. We'll move on to another one. God knows what's on our hearts. I just hope you don't say, uh, that's a sermon. Let's go on to the next sermon, Ken. Who's, uh, who's on next Sunday night? We are in a series on t- time to stand. And, and tonight we're especially thinking out of Ephesians 5, 1 through 21, how we're to be, like we just read a moment ago, children of light, children of light. This fact, this passage begins talking about how we are to imitate God, Ephesians 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. We are God's children as believers, and as his children, we are to imitate him. So what do you think? When somebody imitates you, do you consider that a, a compliment, or is it something that you, you don't like? It might, uh, I, I kind of think it's a compliment, even if somebody's kind of teasing and, and using, saying things like I would say them in a way that uh, brings humor to the situation. But I can, I've noticed a lot with our younger kids, uh, especially the older children in a family, they don't always like it when their younger siblings imitate them, which really it's just they're learning how to, how to grow and become. They're, they're following an example placed before them. But I don't know if kids say this anymore, but I remember around our place, we used to yell at mom and says, mom, they're being a copycat. You know, they're just copying everything that I do. And, and uh, then they would yell the same thing, mom, He's being a copycat, and it made you very mad. So I can see how that kind of works. But when people imitate us in the way that we're to imitate God, it's a compliment to God. It's showing who we are like. It's who we're following. I mean, many of you, I, I've known your parents, and I can see your actions, and I can tell who your parents are. I mean, it, it's seen in your actions, the way you talk, maybe in the way you walk, in your humor, in your work ethic. As children of God, we are to be imitators of God. Because God loves us, he's led us out, out, left for us a pattern. And we should imitate God just like children oftentimes imitate their parents. You know, when you think of your own parents, hopefully you had good parents, have you ever thought about one quality or one or two that you'd really like to try and imitate in your parents? I think more, the more common thing is, as a kid, you said, I'm never going to be like my mom in that way. And then later on, you find yourself being like your mom and doing those things or like your dad, saying those same things and imitating him in ways that you didn't want. But have you ever thought about the good things about your parent? This is the thing I'd like to be like. I'd, I'd like to have this characteristic in my life. Well, if we're to imitate our Father God... What would those key characteristics be in our lives? So Paul is saying we need to be imitators of God. And that be can also mean become. We not only need to be it, but we need to be becoming imitators of God. And we've had help on the process. We don't have to do this all on our own. He sent Jesus. And so we have someone to follow. 
verse 2, talks about how we, we want to follow him. And it's this concept of moving from what we, who we used to imitate to something different. Or as I'm going to use it from the text, it's moving from being stinky to fragrant. Ephesians 5, verse 2. So walk in the way of love. As dearly loved children, imitate God. Walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. He says, so we have an example. If we're going to imitate God, what that means is we're going to imitate Jesus. We're going to walk in that way of love like Jesus loved up and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. What Jesus did was very pleasant to God. It's what God loves to smell. When sin enters into our life, it's not a pleasant thing. There's a commercial on TV I've been watching, I've seen recently. It's about a guy who takes some kind of medicine, I think it is, and it clears up, clears up his head so he can smell again. And he walks from room to room in the house saying, I can smell, or something like that. I can smell. And then he, he walks into the room where his wife is changing the baby's diaper and says, I can smell, and, and then makes a face. We need to be very careful what, what we smell like. Because sin does not smell pleasant. It smells dirty. It, it means that we are no longer clean. But if we walk in the way of love, if we walk in the path of Jesus, we go from that life of sin into a life of love, and that becomes a fragrant offering to God, just like he was. You know, how we walk should determine, be determined by our oneness with God. So how we act and what path we choose should determine, be determined by the fact that we are one with God. So what's the choice? Am I going to do this or that? Satan loves to do that. Do you ever feel like Satan's put all these options in front of you and you just don't know what to do? It's not that complicated. Put yourself right next to God and do what God would have you to do. Do what God's doing in this world. Walk with God. When a child acts up and is not being very nice, we used to say that they were being a stinker. I don't know if anybody says that phrase anymore or not, and it had nothing to do with whether they had a bath the night before or not. It had everything to do with the way that they were acting. It's your actions. You're being a stinker. You're not acting the way that you should. And we should all want to smell good. In this world, when we want to smell good and we might not smell as good as we want, we might just put on cologne or, or perfume to help us smell good. But what God's talking about here is not putting on and covering up sin. It is to put on a fragrant offering. It's to put on Christ and become a child of God. And to remember that God doesn't smell the way most people smell. <laughs> what smells good to God is something totally different than most people. What smells good to God is when we do good things. And so our goal for, for this week, this is the first day of this week, for the rest of this week, let's make it our goal to smell like a bunch of roses to God. So that when he smells us, he smiles. And we smell good by emptying ourselves of all the world has poured into us. 
and fill our lives with Christ and allow God's grace to overflow. And then we are a fragrant offering, just like Jesus, to God. God smells different than this world smells us. So let's not be a stinker to God. I'm not saying that the world's going to like it, but we need to smell different. So we need to move from stinky to fragrant. And not just that, as we go into verse 3, we need to remember that we're not to even have a hint of our former fragrance. <laughs> that needs to be gone, verse 3. But among you there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Not even a hint. We don't even smell a little bit like the world. We don't act even a little bit like they act. So you're, you're out at your job, and you're, you have a task, and you've been assigned something, and you say, you know what? That smells a little fishy. Yeah, stay away from it. Greed and impurity, dishonesty is not supposed to have any part of our lives. Friends invite us to, to come alongside them as they do something, and you think, you know, that just doesn't. That's, that just doesn't sound right. Not even a hint. <laughs> I, I've been known to go to the refrigerator at times and pull out some leftovers and, and, and ask uh, my wife, is, is this good to eat still? And she says, well, smell it. Or I'll, I might say, you know, this doesn't smell quite right. And her answer always is, well, throw it away. You know, get rid of it. So as we walk through life, a lot of us have been Christians a long time. I don't care if you've been a Christian a year or two. If you've been studying God's Word, you've let God into your heart, you walk through life, trust your sense of smell. <laughs> trust the Spirit that lives within you. And there'll be some times when you say, you know, ooh, that just doesn't smell quite right. That, that doesn't feel right. Trust God. Pray to Him and ask Him. Because we don't even have a, want to have a hint of that former fragrance as a part of our lives. Instead, into the midst of all that, we need to do, bring a different fragrance. And that fragrance is the aroma of thanksgiving. Verse 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You, you want to talk about some things that really are unpleasant in a room. It is obscenity foolish talk and coarse joking totally out of place but it's pretty clear also what is good and pleasant and to get rid of that obscenity foolish talk and coarse joking we need to replace it with something different and so when we walk into a space we're not going to talk and act in these ways instead our language is going to be the language of thanksgiving I mean you, you know it for you and for me Sometimes life here on this earth stinks. It is unpleasant. There are bad things that happen. And how do I change the room? I do it by bringing the fragrance of thanksgiving. So if you're having trouble... Bring to the space, bring to the event... Thanksgiving. You know, as we just talk, I mean, I, I understand there's some things going in your, on in your life. In fact, if, we, if 
you were just to turn to the person next to you, they, surgery on Tuesday, uh, somebody's in the hospital, uh, a job choice, uh, a test that's coming up. We will all have these things that are happening in our lives, every, each and every one of us. I love to listen to you describe those and then add thanksgiving into the conversation. I hear it all the time. You just bring thanksgiving into whatever that circumstance is. Find a way to, to allow... It doesn't mean that the trouble goes away. I mean, it, it might just mean that I'm walking with Jesus through this trouble and I'm not alone and he's given me good people. So bring the fragrant aroma of thanksgiving into, the, into any room. You love the, the smells of thanksgiving. You remember them. We just had a good thanksgiving. Let's bring that aroma into every room. One other thing about this verse that I think points out in the next few verses is that we often smell like our surroundings. Look at verses 5 through 7. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. We need to be very careful about smelling like those around us. Now, there's sometimes you can't help it, like when you go to a, a restaurant. We were just talking back here, and the guys were saying, when you go to Waffle House, you can smell it the rest of the day. You smell like bacon. If you go to Earl's, you're going to smell like barbecue. And when you come back after the lunch break, everybody knows where you, you've been. And you know restaurants and places like that. My wife's been spending some time at our next-door neighbor's house who's dying of cancer, and, and she and, and her family are, are big smokers. And I, I know when Brenda's been over to visit our neighbor because when she walks in the house, I can smell the odor of, her, of the surroundings that she's placed herself within. We're just like that. So be very careful who you surround yourself with. So is the answer for my wife not to take care of a neighbor? Absolutely not. So is the answer for you to unfriend every person who doesn't always behave like they should? Absolutely not. But we are to bring the fragrance of Christ into those spaces. We have put on Christ. What he's talking about here is not that Christ doesn't go and meet the needs of others and try and shine a light in the world that we'll talk about in a minute. It means that we don't dress as a Christian who has put on Christ. We don't start dressing like the world. We don't start taking the world and putting it on our clean robes. We don't dress up like the world any longer. We do not put sin on our righteousness. To put sin on your righteousness is to mock the sacrifice of Jesus for you. And don't do that. Don't smell like your surroundings. Instead, be children of light that live in darkness in this dark world and bring that light into the darkness. Verses 8 through 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live like children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. There is a clear distinction between the old life and the new life. And it's seen here in the comparison of light and darkness. 
because light and darkness cannot coexist it can't be done and you can tell when light rules because you see the fruit of it the fruit of light is goodness it's doing what's right it's righteousness it's truth like we talked about this morning light is such a blessing it, it illuminates a situation it causes growth and one of my favorite things about light is it exposes hazards it keeps us from stubbing our toes I mean I, I love light I like a night light I like the fact that we're here tonight letting the light shine on this week in front of us to help us handle the hurdles that Satan's going to place in front of us. We are children of light. And the goal of, the goal of children of light is to find out what pleases the Lord. So how do you find out what pleases someone you love? Well, you, you, you listen. I mean, some of us are in the gift-buying season. And some of you men are listening very, very carefully, and some of you aren't, and you need to stop that and start listening. <laughs> I was talking to a lady the other day, and she, her husband's an engineer, and she was talking about, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was. Oh, I like this mop. I, I think I need to get this mop, and he pulls out his phone. <laughs> she says, don't you dare buy me that mop. I would be highly offended if I get a mop for Christmas. Oh, yes, yeah, right. So we need to listen, and, and, but we also need to use a little bit of our, our brains there as well. But I, I have to admit, one of my secrets is I ask those that are close to the person I love what they think they would like. I'm very blessed to have daughters. My wife's birthday is coming up, and... Uh, our anniversary just passed and we have Christmas within a month I have to buy her every gift except for Mother's Day I'm not that great of a gift giver but I got two wonderful daughters who pay a lot better of attention and uh, I, I, I'm sorry sweetheart where are you she knows this is true I used to go I hadn't planned on saying this or I'd warned her but I used to go on when we go on our Mexico mission trip when I was in campus ministry I would always buy her something on the way back when she didn't get to go on the trips and she would get it, and if she liked it, she would say, well, who picked this out for me? And if she didn't like it, she didn't ask the question. She knew who picked it out. Good. Oh, boy. I think that's two times I've preached in a row that I'm going to have to go visit my parents before I go home or something. I love you, sweetheart. So how do you know what to buy other people? I think that's where I was. You listen. You ask those that are close to them. And you just get to know them. And by understanding a person, you kind of know the kind of gifts they like. Whether it might be electronics, kitchen items, or clothes, or perfumes, or jewelry, or practical things. Or you just get to know them. So he says, find out what pleases God. I think you find out what pleases God in a very similar fashion. Study his word. Listen to what God has to say. Pray and talk to God. And I'd say seek the counsel of God's people and ask them, what do you think God would, what could I do in this that would please God? And ask, ask about it. 
for situations in which you find yourself. Be children of light. Find out what pleases God. Because the fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now there's also a fruit of darkness, kind of. Verses 11 through 14. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what's the fruit of darkness? Or what's the fruitlessness of darkness? Because nothing grows. It is unfruitful. The fruitlessness of darkness is death and decay. And so into this darkness, we, we bring light. We take a stand. We speak out. We bring light because we're walking in the light. We don't take part in others' sinful actions. Instead, we speak out lovingly and let our light shine. We are to be a ray of light. Not people who just go around and gossiping about what happens in the darkness. The fruit of darkness is death and decay. Well, as we continue in our text, it seems to me like Paul just gives us a little advice to be children of light. So if we're going to be children of light, here's just a few pieces of advice. First of all, be careful. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, we're, we're to use the wisdom that we get from God. We ask for it, he gives it to us, live as wise, not as unwise. People who don't understand, that don't know what God would have them to do. So we take the knowledge we have from Jesus and then we put it into action. And wisdom is available to us as believers. As children of light, wisdom is available. Now use it. And the way we use that is to be careful. In other words, we're thoughtful. We don't just react to every situation. We don't just respond. We act. We are thoughtful. We are careful. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I mean, to be that way, we have to be careful. <laughs> We're not just going it, to... It's something we have to work on, to be thoughtful and bring wisdom. Don't be unwise, be wise. Be very thoughtful and careful in every situation. Second piece of advice for children of light is to seize opportunity. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In other words, we should use every opportunity given us to pull people back from darkness and into the, the light. And there's so many times that we fail to do this. I mean, don't you have any regrets from your past? As a parent, an example that you did or didn't place before your children, a friend. I mean, we used to sing a, a song years ago, uh, You Never Mentioned Him to Me. What a haunting song about a 
person who sees us in heaven and said, you, you never mentioned him to me. It's a lot of times that we regret, regret our past and our actions. So what are we supposed to do? Just give up? No, absolutely not. We are to redeem that. That make the most of every opportunity is, is saying redeem that time. We, we need to make the most of it. We need to buy it back, in other words. And how do you do that? How do you buy back something that you didn't do? Well, you redeem it by doing what's right next. So I wasn't the example I should have been for my children at one stage of their life. I can be that example I can be now. I can show them what it looks like for a person to not have done what's right and to change and start doing what's right now. So I didn't talk to somebody in the past. I can redeem that by buying it back now and doing what I can now. Use every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We, we value our time. Our time is very precious to us. And so make the most of the opportunities. That reminds us of that value. It's precious. And so what are we going to do with the time God has given us? Paul said it again in Colossians 4, 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And so you haven't been the light you should have been with your friends. <laughs> Use your wisdom and how you act around them tomorrow and the days to come. So you weren't a light at work. Be that now. So you've, you've allowed Satan to darken your attitude in your world. Be light now. Make the most of the opportunity. And one more piece of advice, I think, is to know what God wants. Just know what God wants. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's, it's, it's just simply asking the question, Lord, what's your will? What do you want? James 4, 5 says, don't go around planning 4.15 says, don't go around planning what you're going to do for every moment and have it all figured out. Instead, we should live our lives saying, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. In other words, what do you want, God? What's your will? So know, pray, discover what God wants. Now, as we, we take all these thoughts, and I'm, I'm, past, I'm out of time, so I've got to make the most of this opportunity of these last couple of minutes. He gives us an example an example of, of our options, of light and darkness, of putting off the world and putting on Christ. So here's the example he gives us. An example of our options is one is we could be filled with wine. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. In other words, we could be filled with the ways of this world. And the ways of this world, that old way, leads us into being out of control not in control we just follow the path and the winds of this world but he says that's the way you were in darkness don't be like that anymore don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery we don't need wine any longer because we have something better verse 18b and following be filled with the spirit Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the, the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we're not filled with wine. That was the old way. We are filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, it doesn't make you 
talk funny and walk funny and, and be foolish, when you're filled with the Spirit, it leads to worship and it leads to thanks. I mean, there's, there's such extreme contrast he places before us. There is that temporary high or there is that lasting joy. So we need to decide who's going to be in charge. The world or our Father God? The world or the Spirit? It's pretty obvious when someone's drunk. Almost anybody can tell. Their actions are pretty obvious. And when a person is completely under the Spirit's control, it's pretty obvious in their actions and in their words that they're being filled with God's presence and God's Spirit. It's seen in their speaking. It's seen in their singing. It's seen in how they give thanks. You know, this passage has always been very important to the, the church. From this passage comes much of the style of how believers would get together and worship God and Christian worship, corporate worship. Believers give praise to God, and that's what we did. And as we were singing praises together, weren't you encouraged and lifted up as well to help live that life? So Paul's encouraging those early Christians and believers to sing and make music in their hearts and then offer that to the Lord. It is, they've heard music made from instruments, and the instrument of this music is our heart. It, we pluck the heart strings and offer this pleasant worship to God. The primary focus of our singing is to give thanks to God the Father and to do it in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. What a powerful thought. And so there's an example. You can be filled with this world of wine or filled with the Spirit, which leads to worship and praise. So what are you going to choose? What path? Back to our text again in Ephesians 5. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Live as children of light, and find out what pleases the Lord. I mean, that's the goal. That's what we want. Brothers and sisters, it's time to take a stand. To stand up for what's right. Be light in this world. Decide what we're going to be filled with. And let's not bring any of the former fragrance into our new life. Take a stand. Take a stand for God. Be his child. Be children of light. We're going to sing a song of invitation. If you, there's, we can pray for you if you want to put on Christ. We invite you to do so as we stand together and sing.